It's coming home. It's coming home, Ben. Hey, Miller, the curse is finally over. The curse is finally over. Remember, guys, we wrote the rules of the game. We wrote the rules back in, what was it, 150 years ago. We wrote the rules. This win is largely due to the support of you guys. Hey, guys, we're back again. Russell Robertson live. Hey guys, welcome to Robo Live. I cringe every time I see that uh, that video <laughs> that Dave O made. I didn't make it. It's it's ridiculous that I have my own show and I'm putting my own highlights on it as the intro. I didn't do that. Dave O has a a bad uh, an awful sense of humour. He's not here. He's in New York right at the moment. Old Dave O. So it's Robo flying solo for a second, just for a second, until I bring on my very special guest, which I've been talking about all week. Uh, the great David Neitz, he's uh, in a waiting room at the moment, ready to just jump on and uh, we'll get him on in a second. But what a big week it's been in football again. There's a lot going on in uh, some areas that I want to talk to Nita about uh, tonight, uh, especially um, uh, where he's doing a lot of work at the moment, which is in the MRP, the match review panel. Our man, Lockie Hunter, is not uh, settling up this weekend, which is a, a damn shame because he's been fantastic for us. What a terrific player he's been. just want to say hello to everybody that's tuning in. Please, hello, Melinda. Hello, Silvia. Hello, Barry. Of course, you guys are here. How did you like this week's promo? We were, we were, we did the uh, reminder on Facebook for the first time this week, so I'm going to have to do that every single week because... People are out and about and living busy lives and they want to tune in. Uh, I've got my helper over here. Fee's, Fee's helping me. Say hello, Fee. Hi. Hi. That's Davo's wife, who is a Melbourne supporter and her favourite player of all time was Shane Woe Woden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a funny story and I know Nita's listening to this in the waiting room, but it's a funny story. I, if you don't know how I know Davo and Fee, because I, I, I've got to say hello to everyone. Richard, Louise, Robin, they're all here. How you going? MSC1858. How are you, mate? Mates or people, whoever's doing that. Uh, I came over to uh, help in lockdown when we hit COVID. One of my mates was a, uh, he's a, he's got a building company and he was run off his feet. Melinda said she loves Shane too, Fee, so you're not alone there. <laughs> and uh, one of the jobs we were doing at the time when I was bored, sitting at home doing nothing, um, um, my mate said, "Come on, get off your ass and come and help me out. I need some 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 labourers." And and uh, I laboured away at this house for a long, long time. Got my dog here, Ringo, at the moment. It's annoying me. Go away. Um, let's get Nita on, Fee. Um, I'm rambling and I don't want to. The questions are going to come in thick and fast. Hello, Nita. G'day, Robbo. How are you, mate? <laughs> Look at this. It's working perfectly. I can't believe it. We were stressing. We were worried that we wouldn't get this right because Davo's not here and he's our tech guru. Nita, we. We were talking about this yesterday. You made the Firstly, astute before, comment. Before you go, Robbo, I just do want to touch on your intro to your <laughs> podcast because I think, I, you know, as as a guest coming onto the podcast, I thought maybe I might crack it for one highlight. Maybe one Now I realise that my highlights are not as dynamic as your highlights. <laughs> I know, I get it, but I thought maybe there might have been one that could have maybe thrown in there, thrown me your bone, but... It's just all about the Robbo show. Hey, it is your show, so yeah, fair this enough. Is, this is my show, and for 228 games of my career, or however many games it was when I played it with you, it was your friggin' show. So <laughs> I'm turning the tables. It's I'm at full forward, and you're on a half-forward flank, mate, Starvation Corner. I know, until <laughs> until I got injured, and then you kicked seven against Scarlet or something like that, and you thought, jeez. I could have been a hundred goal kicker if this bloke wasn't here. I've worked this out, people. Melbourne supporters, they're mate. They're, look at them go off. Fee. They're asking questions already like crazy. You're going too fast for me, guys. I'm going to have to go back over. Uh, <laughs> Nita and I were talking about this when he didn't play. I think I averaged five goals on the last <laughs> time I had you on. I would have been a superstar if you weren't born. If I'd you imagine, weren't born, imagine how long the intro would have gone to this show. In that case, it would. We'd still be going. <laughs> Usually I have a, a little um, promo for the guest, but Davo's not here, okay, so he couldn't put anything. Well, don't, don't, 
Davo gets the blame for lots of things. I'm just starting to work this show out. Because Davo's not here, you're getting blamed. <laughs> of course. Oh, I've got so many comments coming up, Nita, and I think if I get a little distracted, it's because I want to. I really want to involve the people because they've been so fantastic with our show over the last couple of years, and 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 they jump on every week just pre Melbourne games to talk about Melbourne and talk about football, and it's great. It really helped during lockdown. You came in. Uh, for one of my shows in lockdown. Um, let's go back really quickly to that time when we won that premiership in lockdown. Yeah. I know we don't look back too much. We've got to keep moving forward. But what a time that was, mate, as a Melbourne man that you are. Wasn't it awesome? It was pretty uh, It was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, um, such a strange set of circumstances for everyone to be sort of locked away um, at home um, or some may have snuck around to a friend's house and... It was hard to just sit at home by yourself. So um, I think I may have popped over to Paul Lockwood's house and uh, he, he was in the bubble. You know, he used to, remember they used to have the thing called the bubble? He was yeah. well, he was close enough to in the bubble anyway. So yeah, 100%. Um, uh, I went and watched it with his family and uh, it was just amazing, you know. And he's got a, a young 10-year-old boy, well, he's a bit older now. He's got to be a young, good footy player, young Harry Hopgood, just, yeah. uh, just letting Sam- you know for everyone out there listening. Place for Sam- uh, it's going all right at the moment. He's very young. He's only 11 or 12, but he goes well. Yeah. But um, but he's obviously a mad keen uh, Demon supporter. And uh, every time the Demons kick a goal, he was high-fiving and he was clapping. He was Whichever number kicked the goal, he was clapping the number out awesome. how many times they kicked the goal. And and then my favourite one was when we went the old bang, bang, bang. Yeah. You know, it was like Fritch wow. kicked the goal. So he's clapping out to 31 and counting. Fritch, another goal five seconds later, counting out the 31. And then, lo and behold, Betty Brown bobs up, number 50. And the poor kid got to about clap number 30, and he ran out of breath. He ran out of breath. Oh, <laughs> he was so excited. That's but, fantastic. Um, oh, it was pretty, pretty jubilant, and it um, yeah, brought a tear to all of our eyes and big cuddles in, in oh. that side. It was, it was unbelievable. Well, you're right when you say it was extraordinary circumstances, and this was my bubble because I was working here, so I was allowed to be here. And Davo and I really and Fee, we bonded over a whiskey and a gin or two and that night I may have uh, gone a little hard and you saw that in the intro, it's coming home <laughs> so I'm very, very we wrote the rules of the game I was very sozzled at that point Nita. now quickly I want to go over some of these comments that are being made um, as we go along because I think um, for a lot of these people that tune into this show our era was a, a bit of a halcyon day for those guys um, for these guys um, one of the questions that's flashed up is what was your relationship like with the big ox on and off the field because you guys look like great friends I know the answer but you, you can tell the people here you look like great friends on the field yeah look we um, we were young kids growing up and probably him Paul Hopgood who I mentioned and, and myself the, the last sort of bastion of the under 19 days I suppose and um, no, we had some great times on and off the field, you know, <clears throat> you know, particularly early days when it really was um, the big ox at, at centre half forward, myself at centre half back, and yeah. Gary Lyon up at full forward. Oh. I think we had a we, we sort of thought, well, this is going to be our spine for quite a few years to come, and then yeah. you know, obviously we had injury to the ox injuries. Gary's back sort of packed it in, and um, and I ended up being a bit of a swingman, but but we had um, back in sort of that you know. 90, 93, 94 in particular, we, what we thought was going to be a pretty good spine for oh, yeah. you know, the next 10 years. But mm. but it sort of went <clears throat> slightly awry. Um, but but the Ox um, was just an amazing player. Everybody come back. To come back after the three knee recos and mm. win a best and fairest and play mm. to the level he did is, is, is an enormous effort. When you when you think about it, and then you know off the field we had a, we had a really good relationship. We went overseas together a couple of times. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. It, it got a little bit strained um, when you know, I took over the skippership, and he had, yeah. obviously he had um, a few issues with his gambling, as everyone knows about, and it became a little bit difficult. But but that, that's uh, very much a small thing, and uh, we're still good mates. We still catch up. Yeah. Um, I see his son Cooper. He's living around near where I live, so I sit bumping him every now and then. So, no, we've got a great relationship. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't know about Schwarter that his daughter is an absolute superstar basketball player. Recently, did her knee. So, I mean, that's horrible news for her, and obviously something that's from running through the family because we know how horrible Schwarter's knees were. But 
she's an absolute jet uh, at basketball and we, we expect to see her doing big things maybe in America at some point. And I'm not sure about Kusi. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a lackadaisical character. He doesn't really care what he does. He told me on the phone the other day, the Ox, he said, yeah, he's, he could do anything he wanted to, but, uh, you know, a bit like his old man. Not sure really what he wants to do. Well, I think he's trying to be a pilot at the moment, so he's yeah. got a few different aspirations, but wow. not, not necessarily, I don't think, on the footy field. Yeah. Now, you talked about that spine, and, and you were a swingman, mate. You went forward, obviously, when things got a little bit more short up, down, back. But you you were down there probably when Paul Primke was running around. You talk about injuries. Now, he was going to be anything, too, at centre-half back. And But you was it because he went down that you had to go back? No, no. It was because um, why I had to go back was because we had David Schwartz, yeah, Gary, Lyon, Gary Lyon, and a bloke called Alan Jackovich in the forward line. And there wasn't, just wasn't enough room for me in there, Robbo. So I think, um, I think in one of my earlier games, my fifth or sixth games, I kicked five or six goals, and Jacko wasn't that happy. He said, mate, you got to get down. down <laughs> I spoke to the great man today, actually, Jacko. He's doing doing very well over in the West. Uh, loves loves his demons. I tell you what, that man, Jacko, loves his demons to a fold. If anyone says anything bad about the demons to him, or even something good about the West Coast Eagles, he'll absolutely India. So it's good to, good to hear that he still loves his days, eh? He, no, he does. He does. And um, no, he's, he's a good, strong demon man. And that caught up with him a couple of times in the WA. He's... Uh, Good value, Jacker. Richard Newman wants to know: Have you disowned Tasmania like Gary Lyon has disowned Tasmania? Because we know, we know what you are, Nita. You're not a you're not a Parkmore boy. You're a, you're a good Tasmanian. <laughs> I, well, you know, I I was born there. I was born in yeah. Alveston. So dad, so dad um, went over. He was an electrician, and um, but he went over and did a bit of work over in the mines up in Northwest Tassie. Um, and played for the Alveston Footy Club, uh, won a best and fairest up there, a couple of premierships and whatnot. And then, and then I was born. So, but I, I was born, and I reckon that maybe the age of one and a half, I was over Early. in Melbourne. So, it was. I, I don't remember too much about Tassie, but I do still have a fond sort of heart for the place. I've been over yeah. there a few times, and 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 um, you know, I really enjoy the place. And um, I saw. I saw a few people commenting on um, it was the Batuta Advocate, I think, yeah. about the, de- the demons versus the devils. Um, and, and play the game when dark mofo's on, you know, in a blood-soaked oval and just make something really special of it. And I think that would be really cool. That's a, that's a hell of a game, that one. A hell of a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, can, we, can, yeah we can all run out to Highway to Hell or something like I love that. It. Actually works, doesn't it? Because there's a lot of, there's a there's a, a section, a faction that don't want it to be the devils because it's obviously the demons. And I'm not sure how I feel about it because I mean, and a lot of people have said to me, Robbo, you know, being a Tasmanian, how do you feel? Do you would you have left Melbourne to go to Tasmania? And I can categorically say, no way would I have left uh, Melbourne to go to Tasmania. It's that's just the kind of kind of guy I am. And and I, I don't know. I think it might actually work having the devils the devils. And the demons. Anyway, let's leave that one alone because we'll find out in the end. Nita, your early career, I just want to quickly touch on that before we go into what you're doing now because there's a lot going on in your world at the moment. I know you're a very busy man and we're a busy uh, couple of ex-demons tomorrow too with some more demons as well. And I want to talk a lot about that. But um, Parkmore, you played your junior football, am I right, and saying now you might have played for a different team, but then you go through the Teal Cup you know, national competition and get picked up at the Demons in early age. Let's just recap that uh, before we move on. Okay, yeah. So now I, now I played, um, I grew up in Noble Park, Keysborough area in the Dandenong District Footy League, um, which you had lots of kids roaming around the streets uh, at that at that time and everyone, you know, everyone was playing sport and, and I was you know, no different. But, um, but yeah, um Played a little bit at Noble Park Footy Club for for a couple of years in the very early days in midgets and under tens or something, and then over to Parkmore with a few mates uh, from high school, um, and yeah, sort of grew up probably a bit like in the seniors. I I played a bit of centre half forward, a little bit of centre half back, and quite a lot in the ruck. So I played a bit of everywhere, even as a junior, yeah. um, and then and then I guess at the age of uh, fifteen I started. Um, I tried out for the Teal Cup uh, when Dennis Pagan was the coach and I was still playing for Parkmore and he said, look, son, if you want to, we, we think we want to pick you, but we, I only pick people who play in the under-19, so you're going to have to play. Yeah. 
so I said, okay, well, so I ended up starting playing for the Demons in the in the under-19s at the age of 15. So that was um, – and I played on the wing, Robbo. Can you believe that? Oh, what? No, I've seen footage. I've seen footage of you playing on the wing. You're, you're a six-foot, bloody two, three – skinny teenager playing on the wing and you were running around like a baby gazelle. I was like, who's that kid playing? You usually run at the ball leading, but you're, you're kicking down the ground. What about that? Mate, how, now the wingmen are supposed to be the fittest, you know, they, they run all day. How do you reckon, yeah. how do you reckon I was going on the wing, Robert? No, no, no. no you, you, found, you found your way to the pointy end pretty pretty quickly, I would have thought. <laughs> Absolutely. So, hey, yeah, uh, there, was a, yeah, there was a couple of years under, under-19s. A full year in the reserves while I was in year 12, which was amazing. And, you know, playing with guys like, you know, Chris Mew, David Reese-Jones, Terry Danaher, you know, there was there's, there's uh, Peter Foster, Footscray, if I remember him. But as a 17-year-old, you really had to grow up quickly and uh, find ways to how to use your body when you're a young, skinny kid trying to compete against these um, these men and season campaigners. So it was a, it was a, yeah. it was a good upbringing and then um, sort of got in the, got a, gig when Neil Barb took over in 93 in the seniors and yeah. and sort of kept going from there. Hey, mate, uh, Gina Harksteel says, Hi, David, this is Talia's mum. Does that mean does that mean anything to you? I know Talia. Yeah. I know Talia very well. Thanks, Gina. She's a, I think she was overseas, actually, recently, Talia, but um, yeah. uh, she's a jet set of Talia. She's a, she's a good girl. Yeah, good on you, mate. Now, you've got a couple of daughters of your own, mate. Uh, tell me how that's going. <laughs> Yeah, running around uh, behind me somewhere as we speak. So yeah, four and eight, almost five and nine. So um, so now that's good fun. And um, the eldest has just started playing girls' footy, women's footy. So um, so that's been 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 good fun. They're very much yeah. in the learning stage at the moment, but um, it's good fun to be out there. Oh, I'm the ump. I'm the I'm the umpire of, of the team. So. <laughs> It's, uh, it's good fun being out there with the girls and helping to teach them how does to any, play. Does anyone get into you? Come on, Neats, lift your game. <laughs> it's, you know what is funny? In the junior games, all the parents have got a job and there's a, a job which is the umpire's escort. Now, I'm six foot four and I'm 100 and something kilos and I've got someone's mum who's about 60 kilos ringing wet. She's the umpire escort escorting me out onto the ground. <laughs> That's the I That's hilarious. I'd love to see that. I actually, I um, my boy played, and I tell you what, that our boys and I, and I've gone to events and we've gone to people's houses and all our boys, in and daughters, um, love the demons and I love what you said about Hoppy's boy and 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 and. The, the excitement that they he felt for the premiership team because there was a lot of lean years for a lot of our supporters but all our kids uh, ex Melbourne players they absolutely adore the demons no my boys no exception as well um, I was at a game in Sandringham here and Michael Butchie Gale was running around as the uh, as the umpire the boundary umpire and moving. Not very well. It was just, <laughs> it was, I was like, keep up with the play. What's he? He's like, no, nah, I can't, mate. He's limping away. Are you like that, mate? Have you got any, any injuries? Mate, at the under 10 girls, there's the, the ball doesn't move that quick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm fine. But uh, look, I'm not, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad, Robbo. I'm, um, I'm still able to move around. I still get to our – we've got a little running group that we have on a Saturday morning around the tan. So I still pop, pop down there um, and have a bit of a trot. But, um, but no, nah, pretty good, fortunately. Yeah. Hey, uh, everyone, just ignore those comments that are coming up from someone who's obviously being an idiot. Neither you probably can't see it, but don't worry. Um, we'll move on. I want to talk to you about what we're doing tomorrow. Big day. Uh, I know how close um, the, the ex-Melbourne players that played through that, you know, 2000 onward era, not, not 1998 onward era. With Neil Danaher, we all became because of the... I mean, we had some up and down years. We had a lot of success under Neil, but we we have really um, I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. I've I've had coaches, and I love Chris Fagan's one of my he's my absolute mentor. But Neil Danaher is something completely different, and we all just would do anything for Neil, wouldn't we? And we know what he's gone through. But you've gone to another level with your uh, support of uh, Fight MND, um, especially with your business. Uh, with the um, Brumanity beer that you've been um, pushing for a long time, not pushing, but uh, building for a long time now, and you're in the building phase of a new uh, 
new place down in in Middle Park or Albert Park, or you can talk Albert, about that. Yeah. Yep, in a second. But um, Neil is we we are going on the Danaher Drive again because we love it. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, but we have to raise some money uh, to enter into our into our car. Uh, yep. We're having our event tomorrow. Tell us all about it, mate. Yeah, no, no, we we um, we are. We're doing the uh, the big freeze at Bell's Hotel, so that's going to be a uh, which is which is just near where the brewery is going to be in South Melbourne. But yeah, we just have an annual fundraiser. We try and run it raise obviously as much money as we can to to support the research that's that's going on. Um, you know, I well, we caught a few of us caught up with Neil. Watched um, it was the um, Melbourne versus the. Gold Coast game and popped over to Neil's place. Yep. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of money and emphasis on the research and finding a cure, which there absolutely needs to be. But then there's also research into the care part of it as well. But, and, and, you know, going around to Neil's, he comes, he can't talk. Um, he can still walk around and the use of his arms is not really um, happening at the moment. So we're a little bit uncertain as to how it was all going to work. But uh, it's amazing the technology. There's now technology where he just looks at the screen and w- with his eyes and with his the glare of his eyes, which you've probably felt a few times, Robbo. Yes. And the glare can talk. And it More really than can you. with the technology, you know. More than you. At, at the uh, screen, types out a word or a sentence, and the next minute there's a voice that pops up and says, you know, g'day, riggers, how's your, how's the, how are your kids going? Awesome. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's part of the conversation. So awesome. there are things like that, and there's multiple other things that um, all this money goes towards. And the foundation, um, you know, they run on the smell of an oily rag. You know, I think it's less than 10% of the um, funds go into the administration, and 90% goes out into programs and research and things that can help people. So it is an amazing organisation, the Fight mm. MND. Mm. Um, and obviously, we we we're in it because of our passion for Neil. We want to and we want to support him and and make sure that his legacy continues to grow. Absolutely, well said, mate. And Susie Glosko says, "Hi, Rob. I know you two are my favourite players. She's only human. She's only yeah. human." <laughs> <laughs> hello, Susie. How are you? Say hello to Susie, Nita. Hello, Susie. How you doing? <laughs> now you talk about those glaring eyes. I copped them a fair bit more than you copped them. I know that much for sure because, uh, you know, we know what kind of player I was. But there was this – I want to tell a story to all the Melbourne supporters that are tuning in. This particular game was against Essendon, and I reckon, Nita, you, you you might remember it, but I certainly remember it. We had we, big emphasis on this game. We needed to beat Essendon. I'm not sure whether we needed to beat them to get into the finals or whether it was uh, – um, you know, a final itself. I can't quite remember, but I do remember this incident. We would talk all week about how we were as a forward line. We're going to um, ring up their their uh, zone in the middle of the ground. So usually we'd go out into a zone, wouldn't we? But sometimes they'd all sort of bunch in the middle and we'd put a ring around that. Uh, and yeah. all week long we'd heard about how James McDonald was going to be tagging James Hurd. Fair enough, you got to you got to tag James Hurd. He's a superstar. Um, so I'm sure James... McDonald was uh, stressing about that all week. Anyway, we knew that we had to ring up this zone. And Neil said to us in the uh, Friday, the famous Friday before the Saturday game meetings that used to go on for an hour and a half, two hours, uh, talking about what we're going to do in this game. He said to us, make sure if they go into the pocket, don't chase them into the pocket. Let them have that kick into the pocket. I'm happy for them to have the ball down in the pocket. Robbo, don't chase him down to the pocket. I remember him saying that. I'm like, okay, no worries, mate. I'll stay in the room. I won't go to the pocket. Anyway, game day comes. We're out there. Beautiful sunny day on the MCG. True to form, we kicked a point. And true to form, they've gone into their uh, little setup in the middle of the, around about the 50-metre line where they were just all bunched up, ready to spread out. And we'd bring them up like we were supposed to. And I'm, I've got Neil's words ringing in my ear. Don't go to the pocket. If I stay here, I'm fine. I'm doing everything right. This is just before halftime. Anyway, James Hurds has he's sprinted from the wing and the member side all the way through that uh, little ring-up thing that we had and out the other side right past me. I could feel the wind as he went past me. And James McDonald, you know, you know what he was like out in the field. He yes, used to, yeah, yeah, exactly. He used to get quite fired up and he'd tell you what he thought. Well, in that high-pitched voice of his, he didn't want, he did not want James Hurd to get a kick on him. So he's like, oh. 
expletive, expletive, chase him, chase him into the pocket. And I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> Neil's told me I'm not allowed to go to the pocket. But now James McDonald's telling me I've got to go to the pocket. And I don't know why, but I just went with James McDonald. He can't do anything. He can't drop me. He can't yell at me later. But I went with James McDonald. I ran to the pocket. Anyway, the bloke that I was supposed to be guarding ran to the flank. The ball got straight kicked to the flank, to the wing, to their forward line. Goal, siren. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? It's a close game. I've just broken Neil Danaher's rule. The big thing, he's talked to me all week. What am I going to cop? So we go into the change rooms. We go straight into the meeting room. And Neil walks into the, (laughs) the coach's room. I could see the steam coming out of his ears. He searches the room, finds me, and into me. Absolutely smashed me. But then in my head, I'm like, hang on. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for my teammates. And I, do you remember this? I got stuck into him as well. I went back at him, stood up, went towards him. You grabbed me and pulled me back down. You you don't remember this, I do don't you? remember yeah. it. Two or three blokes grabbed me and pulled me back down. And when Neil saw me go back at him, telling him what I'd done in a loud voice, in my head as I'm doing it, I'm going, what the hell are you doing, Robbo? Sit, sit down. Yeah. Yeah, Neil, Robert. calm down. He goes, all right, we're going all right, fellas. We're going all right. That's over and done with now. Let's move forward. And we never spoke of it ever again. It's the, <laughs> it's the one time I've ever gone back at Neil Danaher and I got away with it. <laughs> well, I, I think you need, we need to play, replay this clip. You need to express this to him. There's I'll a find therapy it. that needs to happen uh, <laughs> here. I'll Maybe find that's it. why he decided he was going to try you at half back for that half of a game, Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that late. And, that was that was a that was a really short lived moment where oh, maybe Robbo could be a good off the halfback play like yeah. a, like you know almost like a Jeremy Howe type but no that was definitely not the case. No, they thought they'd try to add another sting string to my bow, but they realised quickly there was only one string on Robbo's bow. <laughs> I went to the I went and played on Welshy. Uh, um, can't remember his first name now. Um, Rowan. Uh, from, no, not Rowan. It was one of the Welsh. There's been a few. Uh, and I, he, I, it was only like I was. It was five goals he kicked on me. Okay, in a half. I th- I, that's not too bad. <laughs> I was the most attacking halfbacker they've ever seen. <laughs> you're still a full forward, even though you're playing at uh, halfback. But... Uh, mate, we've played with some characters over the years. Um, Paul Hopgood, you've mentioned him. Who's been some of those guys that you've just gone, wow, this guy's an absolute card and. And has only enriched your life. I know you're going to probably say Hoppy, but who else? Who else have you played with and just gone, wow, this is this guy's extraordinary? Oh, I, I reckon I've been blessed to play with a whole lot of extraordinary people, you know, yourself included. And <laughs> and I mean, go through the through the through the through the years and sort of as a young bloke, you start off with just someone like Jimmy Steins, who's an extraordinary human being, you know, he who um, come all the way from Ireland. Come over, wins the Brownlow Medal, and and you know he's in the middle of his Reach Foundation while we're playing with him, and he's yeah. doing all this teaching with these kids, and what a great role model to be able to sort of spend some time in the locker room with, yeah. and yeah, you know, Todd Barney and Gary Lyon and the leaders back back in those days, and yeah. and then you know we've got a whole you know someone like Jeff Farmer and living living with Wizard for a couple of years was. I don't know if it was a good experience, but <laughs> it was an experience. No, it, was, it. it was fantastic, but I, I got to know him a lot better, got to understand his culture a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I reckon there's, there's just been lots of um, lots of people that in, that in, enrich your lives. And um, and then, you know, from a playing perspective as well, you know, you, we've got, again, the Wizard Cup, phenomenal small player, yeah. Aaron Davey, on the Indigenous oh. board, he came in and just created a role for these small tackling defensive forwards that didn't exist before Aaron yeah. came. Yeah, ended my career. Scene, you know? <laughs> a lot of players, Indigenous boys, have got him, I think, to thank for what he did. Mm. Uh, we lost Nita. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. That uh, This has been absolutely awesome. Um, Nita's going to click on that link again and come back, I'm sure. Um I want to talk a little bit more to Nita about some of the great stories um, that he's, and I know them all, don't worry, because I was there with him. But I remember playing with Nita 
um, before every single game. He had such passion for the Demons. Don't go anywhere, guys, because Nita will be back soon. Um, he had such passion for us to do well, Nita, um, that he would walk, work himself up so much in the rooms, getting ready for that big speech before we ran out to our position. And I had this awesome privilege of walking next to Nita all the way to my position in the forward line. And I just felt 10 foot tall uh, every time I was walking next to him um, and felt like, you know, I've got this massive guy next to me who's a superstar, I'm going to be fine. I mean, that absolutely, that just, you know, how could that not make you feel amazing? And But when Nita would walk out to, to, to position, um, it always vomit. He'd just be so worked up, and being out there on the MCG, he'd he'd, he'd vomit. So I'd always have to jump out of the way of some of his vomit. So I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get Nita back on here, guys. I need you to ask me questions. Ask me questions. I keep going. There's there's some that I've got, and I'm not catching them all. The bump on Luke McCabe, Matthew, Maddie. I need to ask him about that and how that all went down. Are we trying to get a new link, or should I? You just click on the old link fee. Old link's fine. I'm gonna get on. Click on the link again, Nita. Um, so you can tell this is live. This is uh There's no bug rising around here. We're we we're not doing this earlier in the day. We're doing this live. This is awkward. Just click on link again, mate. I reckon his phone's gone dead, just like Campbell Brown's phone went dead <laughs> the other day. Anyway, we'll get him back. Other questions I want to talk to Nita about is the match review panel how do we feel about Lockie hunter and what happened there people what what makes you angry about Lockie hunter and some of the other incidents that are going down um out on the field that probably aren't getting cited uh i know coxie big coxie from collingwood um the thing that gets me about the match review panel at the moment is you can do something like throw an elbow deliberately into somebody to cause you know, aggravation, but sometimes it causes a little bit of harm. Or you can deliberately, well, not maybe not deliberately, but sort of in the heat of the moment, hit someone in the face, right, uh, like Coxie did. It didn't cause grievous bodily harm. It just it sort of just shocked him a little bit. And you can get away with that. But then you've got someone like Lockie Hunter who's going for the ball. And I love what he said. I, I love what he said about uh, when he was questioned, uh, what could you have done in that moment? What you could have done is you could have stepped to the side. And Lockie said, well, no, I, that's not an option for me because then I would be conceding the ball. And I, I think that's absolutely brilliant because that's what we were taught growing up. As long as you're going for the ball and doing it in the right manner, Things are going to be fine. Nita's back. He's in the waiting room. Fee, he's back. Fee. Um, he uh, he went for the ball. Um, got it wrong. Got him a little... And he's gone again. Nita, you're in a bad, bad spot. Keep trying, mate. Um, he went for the ball, didn't he? So I'm going to go to the questions now and some of the, some of the comments. Some teams have lost a game due to the umpires. I feel they need to have their own match review panel, Melinda Wood says. Louise says, I think Lockie was unlucky because it was a really a bump as much as it was a brace. It wasn't really a bump as much as it was a brace. That's look, right, Louise. I agree with that. NB says, would Melksham beat Bell Chambers in a boxing match? I don't know, but good good, good point. Steve Edwards, play, players lead with their head to not just draw free because of suspension. S shits me I'm just going to say it and and probably fair enough Steve because you look at someone like Selwood who did it naturally to go low and, and he had no fear and he was very very brave but um, are you in trouble if you hit him in the head when he goes low or someone like that goes low to draw free kick when you're actually just going as you should hard at the ball you get him hot you cause a little bit of damage uh, do you get weeks and this is sort of the stuff that I want to talk to Nita about because Nita is only I mean, he's on the match review panel and he has to adjudicate based on um, the set of standards in which he's given, right? And this is what we need to talk about. Seems to be, who are you with the MRO? That's that's a decent comment, Barry. And maybe another one I'll throw into the mix. It seems to be who you are within the AFL. Uh, we want this guy playing. 
Um, you know, if we they, the AFL really want a guy playing, are they sort of throwing things out like the big names? You know, eyes on product. I question that sometimes. There's confusion because we're not within the inner mechanisms and the inner workings of all of this sort of stuff. But my word, it seems like a uh, an American, uh, you know, uh, sitcom where they're sort of in a uh, or a movie where they're in a uh, a. a a courtroom at the moment. I love the stuff coming out. I'm actually, really enjoying that. I, I, let's let's get this live. Let's get the MRP um, live so we can watch it and see how it goes down. I reckon you get more views on that than you would get on an actual game because, especially if it's for your club, with someone getting um, possibly rubbed out. Uh, Need is having some trouble getting back on online, guys, which is. Um, sad because I had so much I want to talk to him about. Richard says, I'm frustrated players are getting rubbed out when no one gets injured. Correct. Because isn't it supposed to be about how... how There he is. He's back. He's back. Chuck him straight back on. Now you're sideways, Nita. <laughs> Turn your phone around. There we go. There we go. Gotcha. Right, sorry oh, you got that. the kiddies in the background, mate. A few technical issues. Yeah, all right, mate. All right, we've moved that. on. We've moved on to the match review panel, <coughs> and oh, yeah. obviously, Lockie Hunter makes it uh, pertinent to us this week. Yep. Um, I know you, you. You didn't sit on that one, did you? You didn't have anything to do with that one. No, no, no. Usually, if it's no. a Melbourne case, um, yep. I don't. I don't sit on that one. So conflict. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've sat, on, I've sat on quite a few this year. But um, uh, but yeah, not none of the demons ones. So. We can talk about the Van Ruin one as spectators, you and I, and we can talk about Lockie Hunter, and we can talk. You can talk about others, to a to a point. I know you can't talk too much about what happens uh, in some areas of all of that, but um, people's frustration. Can you sense a little bit of frustration out there at the moment? What's happening in terms of people getting rubbed out? I think there's always a little bit of frustration always. when when yeah. people people get rubbed out, and it's a bit subjective really isn't it but I guess I guess um, and there's always a bit of a human element and people see things slightly, slightly different ways sometimes so um, and particularly when it's your player getting, getting rubbed out you know so um, I guess I guess where where I come from in the, in regards to both of those those um, Van Ruin um, and the Lockie Hunter ones in my in the way I look at it is it's just pretty clear to me about going for the ball. My, my, but the rule, at least, is that um, if you're going for the ball and you continue to contest for the ball, then, you know, you should be able to do that. But as soon as you um, flinch or you brace or whatever, generally that means that in this day and age, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. And, um, and the reality is that the head trauma and all of the things that are happening with guys in our era and before... There's a lot of evidence sort of, you know, coming up around the whole idea of head trauma. I think even with the tackling and sling tackling, you see that players now, even over the last few weeks, have just changed the way that they, not the, not the way that they tackle, but it's the way that they um, release the tackle and how they finish off the tackle. I think that is changing a little bit. Mm. Um, so I think for long term, that's going to be a good thing. And I don't think it really takes everything away from the game. There's still bloody hard, strong, tough yeah. Uh, but I think that's particularly the one where um, if you continue and still go for the ball, then, then the way it's sort of a bit adjudicated is that you're okay. But as soon mm. as you kind of don't and you half flinch uh, and, you hit, and you happen to hit someone in the head, then you're going to be in a bit of trouble, I think. I, I think when I was, and got to be honest, and as much as it's our club, when I saw Lockie Hunter's hit and he did clearly get him in, the head, I knew that he was in a little bit of trouble because I think we've not, it's not just a this year um, aberration. That's been for a while now. If you get someone in the head and there's a little bit of an effect, albeit there wasn't much, thankfully, um, you get him in the head, then you're in, probably going to get a week or you're probably going to get you know, looked at by the MRP. And the, the one for me was the Van Ruin where you sort of go, well, we've been taught all our lives to go hard for the ball now, the question was his eyes and where his eyes were. I mean, when you're deliberating on all these things, how much time is spent, um, you know, talking about all of these different factors? How does it go down there? Because I think a lot of people actually don't know how it works. 
look, I guess it, I guess from a um, uh, when it goes into the tribunal, there's there's we have it's almost like a jury. You know, there's three of us. There's the um, um, essentially the king's counselor who sits in there, who's got the legal understanding and whatnot. Then there's a couple of players, past players, who sit and discuss. Um, you know, what is what? How is the how is this rule written? How is yep. um, you know? How is the case being presented? If are there any legal cases? And then really you sit around and say, well, what do you think? You know, do you, yeah. do you think he was going for the ball? Do you think, um, you know, whatever the whatever the whatever the um, circumstances of the case um, that have been brought, you just sort of adjust your, your mm. judge and, okay. and, and and try to understand it. So, um, oh. but it but it is, and you and you don't always get a unanimous decision. Sometimes you have. Two people might be thinking one way, and another person says, "Well, no, I, I, I don't. I think a different way." And, and then you might have that that process might drag out for a long time because you're having deep discussions around some of these issues that everyone has. But but ultimately, um, you know, obviously, you end up having to come to a decision, and and that's what happens. Do you get pizza delivered when those things tend to? <laughs> no, we do it by Zoom these days. We. Uh, oh, do you? No, there used to be a bit of a sushi at the end of the uh, at the. At the at the end of the tribunal when it was back at AFL House, but it's, uh, uh, it's uh, on Zoom these days. Oh, boring. Uh, Michael Hayden wants to know, how many weeks would you have given yourself for fixing up Luke McCabe? It was a masterful Down moment. Down the ball, mate. Ice <laughs> on the ball. Hands reached out to the ball. Uh, didn't hit him in the head. Hit him in the shoulder. So everything's fine. Not a drama whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have that, you've answered that before. That was <laughs> Cameron Bruce has asked me that many, many times. And Mark, you would have gone oh, for weeks, he reckons. I'm sure he has. Is there a man that doesn't love an argument more than Cameron, Cameron, or does love an argument more than Cameron Bruce? He no. loves to have a bit of a debate, doesn't he? If there is someone out there, I'd like to meet him because <laughs> I'm not sure that there is. Oh, mate. Well, it's a very important role that you, you, you held um, because, you know, we've got um, past players like Sean Smith is very close to us as having a few issues in and around the thing that you just touched on there, which is, um, you know, head trauma and it's real, it's serious, especially for Sean Smith and I've sat with him and, and I know. So, no, we do have to do something about it, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And that, and um, and as I say, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it takes away from, it, from the, the game. I think it's still a bloody hard, tough yeah. um, game. You've got to be super brave to get out there and play, particularly, I think it's a little bit different in our era, Robbo, in that, we, when we were playing, there wasn't the zones. There wasn't so much congestion. Mm. Everyone, you know, the full forward sat at full forward. And, yes. and, the, and the game was played pretty much in front of you in, in, in straight yes. lines. And, and with the three, it's, it's always been a 360-degree game, but it's even more so now, the leading angles and the leading patterns, so many players running into the unknown. Yep. It's a really tough, hard game to play. Yep. So um, I'm yep. full of admiration for the guys. Right, mate. Well, let's roll through this because uh, you've been on for a while now and I, and I want to get you away. You've got the family to get to. Um, last couple of things before we go. I'm going to do a fast five with you. I haven't even prepared the fast five yet because okay. I've been a bit rushed myself this week, but I'm pretty sure I know you well enough I can just roll through this. Uh, but uh, I want to talk a, bit, a little bit um, about the, brew, the brewery and oh, yeah. what's happening in that space because that's uh, something you've worked really hard at for a long time now and we cannot wait... <coughs> For the place, the establishment to open. What's it going to be called? What are we looking for? Uh, well, it's Brewmanity. It's just that Brewmanity Brewery. So, in South Melbourne, so what we're going to have is we've got a brewery downstairs, um, and and essentially um, a, a, a brew house next door, which yep. is a small sort of room to uh, more for the dedicated craft beer drinkers. Mm-hmm. We've got then a mezzanine level of toilets. We go up uh, to the first floor. There's another bar with the rooftop beer garden. So where we are, we just get amazing 180-degree views of the city. Um, and then we go up another level and there's another deck and that's mainly for events and things like that. So that's going to be called the next next level. Yeah. But um, in effect, it'll fit, you know, 400 people in. It'll have amazing city views and we'll be brewing, amazing. you know, 16 different varieties of beer um, right right underneath or right next to where you're, where you're standing. So a real tap-to-tank tap experience, we'll have great food. So, um, yeah, come sort of – we're hoping to squeeze it in for grand final week if we can get it finished by Amazing. then. But, but that's the, the race is on for grand final week. So 
around that time, think of us, follow us on uh, absolutely on, on the socials and whatnot and, and, and keep updated. Well, um, my goal is to at some point take this show and be doing it live from your establishment because I know, mate, this, yes. this place sounds amazing. I know a lot of past players that are going to be getting re- really involved with some of the product down there as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to... Get involved with some of the past players of the Melbourne Football Club and have a drink with them. You're going to see Nita and Hoppy and Rod Grinter and guys like that just sidled up against the bar drinking some of Nita's good stuff, yeah? Yeah, I don't want, they probably won't be paying either, but anyway, they'll be there. <laughs> yeah, you won't make much money out of them. <laughs> and I know that I'm going to be playing some music for you down there at some point too Absolutely. because uh, obviously that's what I get involved in. So, okay, fast five before I let you go, mate. Oh, I've got to get a quick... A chat about this week's game. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what you think is going to happen against Fremantle at the MCG? Well, it's going to be the Jacko game, isn't it? It's going to be all eyes on that contest. Yes. So I'm absolutely uh, fascinated to see how how that all pans out. And, um, I look, you know, I, I, I sort of hope that the young fella does okay. He, he's, a, he's a premiership player for us and he was enormous in that game. And yeah. it's a big call for him. I was a family-related Big call for him to go at such a young age and uh, and do do what he's doing probably ahead of his time, but hopefully he can sort of withstand that. But but um uh, they're they're in a good form. Obviously we we were a little bit disappointing last week to sort of get ourselves in front and then and then be allowed to be taken over by Port Adelaide. But, yeah. but hopefully that uh, stings us quite a bit. And you know what are we round eleven now? I think um, we've been okay to start the mm. season, but yeah. hopefully we can start to. Uh, really, really start to fire up and get our mojo going in the in the yep. back half of the year. Yep, need to beat some good teams just to get some confidence back in what we're doing. And I agree with you, Jacko. Obviously, uh, an absolute superstar, and he's starting to hit some form too, which is a little bit scary. So yeah, just been... stop this week. We'll, we'll yeah. stuff him out this week. Yeah, right? absolutely. He's got a couple of big guys he's got to play against. That kind of handy players. So, yeah. um, hey, mate, let's do a fast five before I let you go. Um, I uh, know we played a lot of football together, and of course you're going to say me, but don't say me. Uh, the greatest player you ever played with. <laughs> um, the greatest player, I'll say Gary Lyon. Gary Lyon. Uh, the most mercurial player you ever played with. The, the wizard, the Jeff wizard. Toughest opponent. Toughest opponent. Um, uh, I'll go with... Maybe Matty Scarlett. Matty Scarlett, very you tough. You can seven on him though, but that's okay. <laughs> but you're a superstar though, Robert. Yeah, that's right. And if you weren't there, I would have been better. Um, that's right. No, so I'm going to double this question. So when you played the forward line, Matty Scarlett, when you played the back line, who was the toughest? Uh, the, yeah, Wayne Carey. Wayne Carey. <laughs> Hard to go by that guy, mate. Now, this might be unusual because... I've got games where I, I remember more than what people would probably think, you know, finals games or whatever. Greatest game you ever played in? And that's a question without notice. Uh, oh, look, it was the greatest and the worst, but the 2000 grand final was great to be there and the worst, to, I suppose, at the end. But um, And then that Carlton final was, was one of the most oh, yeah. outrageous crowd Out- noise. Um, oh. It was a, a phenomenal buzz winning that game. I personally played crap. But it was probably one of the most I was shit ass in that game. (laughs) (laughs) I was terrible. Thank God Brucey and Greeny did something. Oh, thank God. Schwarter was pretty good in that game too. He was too, yeah, true. And 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 other blokes that play quite well, when you go back and watch the game, like uh, Matty Collins played really well in that game and and our back line were fantastic. Whopper and uh, Wardy and guys like that that you don't really think, they were fantastic. You have a look at Stevie Powell. Stevie Powell probably kicked... Four goals and three goals, and could get five goals from the midfield in some of those finals that series. He was, yeah. he was, a, he was elite. He had a purple patch. Um, what was the last one I had in my mind? Uh, okay, I, I, we shouldn't talk about this sort of stuff, but the greatest footy trip place on the planet. We've been on a few footy trips together. I know they're old hat, but uh, where's the best place to go on a on a, a holiday with your teammates? <laughs> what, do, what, what do we go to? Um, you know, Thailand was always uh, was yeah. always good good fun in Coast Coast of we Remember, we went to Ireland one year, remember after we played these national rules game. Yep. And, and I had the idea that you know we'd been out for a few nights. Maybe it'd be just go to a comedy night, get some culture. Oh, that, that didn't go down too well. Worst <laughs> night of all time. It was the worst night of all time. I thought we'd get a bit of culture, but no. we weren't into that. We tried. We tried for you, Nita. We yeah. wanted it to work. <laughs> yep, our captain's asked us to go somewhere, but I tell you what, 
it was an hour and a half show or a two-hour show. I reckon 15 minutes, most of the boys lasted. It was terrible. <laughs> well, you've got to have a go. But, no, but uh, no, anywhere where you've got some sun on your back is a good place for me. I want a quick, real quick story. Uh, you and I, we went to Vegas. We roomed together. Um, and we should never talk about what happens in Vegas. But one of the funny stories that came out of this is clean. Don't worry. Uh, we, we went out for dinner, all of us as a team, 40 of oh. us. Yeah. And and we all ate dinner and had drinks and Nita's Nita's guys you're gonna love this Nita's gone boys don't worry about it I'm gonna chuck it on my old credit no, card no, no, no. yeah you did you chucked it's it on your credit card for the points and we all gave you cash and you spent the cash in one night <laughs> it's got it's sort of kind of true but the the the, the backstory was that we um, it's all true. But we went to the went to the restaurant and Brucey had the had the cash ready to go. Yeah. But um, the the uh, the place we went for dinner said, "Gee, we've got thirty blokes coming in here. Yeah. All these big big Aussie blokes coming in for dinner. We're not going to take cash. We need to have someone's credit card because yeah. when you okay. tip the place upside down, okay. we, need, we need someone to pay for all the damage. So I they, they wouldn't let us go in unless they put someone put their credit card right. over, and that right. was me. And then the rest of it was true. All of a sudden, I paid for it on my credit card. I've got all this cash in my pocket in bloody Las Vegas. You Next minute, oh, I wake up in the morning. Cash is gone. <laughs> what happened? I reckon you're not the only one in history that's had that happen to them. Oh, Vegas. <laughs> in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, mate, we could sit here and talk about stories for hours till the cows came home. It's been absolutely brilliant recounting some stuff with you, Nita. But really, we wanted to talk more about the demons. Uh, and this week and how they're going to go, what you're doing now. Um, it's It's been absolutely brilliant chatting with you, mate. I can't wait for tomorrow. We'll be catching up all day down at the Bells Hotel. Yes, and if anyone wants to come down, we, look, you can come. Tickets are, uh, are 150 bucks if you want to come down for the whole show. We've got um, Andy and Gazy doing the run home live from the yep. Bells Hotel. So you're more than welcome to buy a ticket at the door if you'd like to come and get involved with that. There's a whole stack of all ex-demons down there. Or even if you want to come along later on, uh, have a beer. Robbo's band's going to play from 6 o'clock. And come along, have a beer, buy a beanie and um, uh, and enjoy the day. Yeah, absolutely. Adam Cusack wants to know your favourite favorite band. Which is your favourite band? I know it's going to be The Russell no Robinson you. duo. And... Yeah, exactly, the Russell Robinson band. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the only oh, yeah, band. Gonna, that's the only band there is. And tomorrow that's going to be happening as well. So, mate, I can't wait for tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us uh, and giving us those insights uh, about the football club, about the match review. I know it's uh, you're busy with your family. You've got a very busy life, but I love seeing you, mate, and I can't wait tomorrow. See you uh, tomorrow, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for listening in. Good on you, Nita. See you, mate. Well, that's the show. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining in. Um, the questions have been fantastic. You helped me get through that with all of that sort of stuff, and I love the banter between... Um, all of you talking about what we're talking about um, uh, on the uh, the messages there. Um, thank you, Fee, for stepping in for Davo, who's over in New York and work at the moment. I'm sure he'll be back soon. Next week, we'll be back with another guest uh, on Robbo Live. Love you guys. Love the Ds. Let's go, Ds, this week. Let's get a winner over Fremantle. Brilliant show. See you next week.